Shalom Bracha, this is Chazar Shir number four. With Bisiyat Dishmai, we will finish to discuss the sugya of Biyomotit and Schar paying the work our time. And also, we'll begin the sugya of Ribis, a fascinating uh, and incredible sugya. So, just as a, a quick review, we saw that there's a mitzvah de Oraisa to pay work on time, whether he's Jewish or not, Biyomotit and Schar. If you don't pay your work on time, not only are you not Makaim the mitzvah, but you're also over up to five Yisuri de Raisa of not paying on time. Those five Lavim, we said, only apply to Jews, and they don't apply to uh, non Jews. The Allah is that if a person works for you the whole day, the whole night to pay him, if he works for you the whole night, you have the whole day to pay him. If he works for you a few hours in the day, you have to pay him until the nighttime. If he works for a few hours at night, you have until dawn uh, to pay for him. We saw six exceptions that even though you don't pay your workers on time, you're not over the Isra Doraisa of not paying your worker on, on time. The Isra Doraisa of Baltal. So these six exceptions save you from being over the Isra, but they don't help you with, with the mitzvah. You're still not doing the mitzvah of actually paying your worker on time. But what are, the, what are the six exceptions where if a person doesn't pay his worker on time, he's not going to be over the Isra Doraisa of Baltal? Uh, number one is if the worker doesn't demand the wages, meaning the, the cleaning lady cleans and then she leaves the house. It doesn't ask you for payment. Number two is that the owner doesn't have money or any valuable that the worker would be willing to accept as a, as a, form, of a, as a form of payment. Number three is if the owner sent the worker to collect it from a third party. So if you tell the cleaning lady at the end of the day, can you please go to the... To the Let's say it's a Jewish cleaning. You, you, you please go to the supermarket. I have a tab over there and buy over there. Then you're not going to be over the Isra Doraisa of Lotal Pula Sacher. Number four uh, is if you're known to pay only on a specific date. So this was the case of like the, the apple tree. If you have workers that pick your apples from the tree on Sunday and Monday, but they know that you only sell them on Thursday in the Shuk, and that's when you get your money, that's when you get your revenue flow, and that's when you're able to pay them on time. So the Allah is that you're not over uh, Lotal Pula Sacher on, uh, on, such, uh, on such situation. Number five is if, um, if, you, if you haven't yet collected on the service that was, um, if you haven't yet collected on, on the service, so this is, for example, like in cleaners where they call you up on Tuesday and they say your suit is ready and you say, yeah, thank you very much, I'm only going to collect it on Friday. So you're not over the ISR by not collecting it right away when it's done. However, the moment you collect it on Friday, you have until nightfall in order to pay them. And number six is that if the employers were, were if your workers were hired by a third party, you're not going to be over the ISR of, uh, of, uh, of Baltalin. Um, and we said this is like the classic example of, of shareholders that if you have shares in a company and the company doesn't pay its workers on time, that's not going to mean that you're not going to be over the issue. So all that was the, was the, the two shirm ago. What we did in this week's shear was delve more into, into a few more uh, practical cases. So, uh, so, so the, one of the first things that we discussed is the case of the workers agreeing to get paid at, at, a, at a later date, where the shach was medayik from that halacha, right, the case of the apple tree, that the workers said, okay, I'm picking the apples on Sunday and Monday, you're only going to pay me on Thursday. So we see from here that the, that the halacha is that if the worker agrees to get paid at a different day, I'm not over the issue. So let's say I have a cleaning lady and I don't have the money to, to pay. Um, and we said... I, obviously, the, the most lechatchila thing to do is to go borrow from your neighbor. Go borrow from the neighbor in order to be in the midst of paying him on time. Just like you would borrow money to buy tefillin and to, and to buy matzah and to have dalad minim, you should also borrow money to be mekayim this, this mitzvah of uh, biyom atit and But let's say I don't have that money. Uh, so the Allah is, if I tell her, do you mind if I pay you on, on Sunday? And if she agrees, so then I don't violate the iser of, uh, of lotalin uh, pula sacher. But we saw in the dine, uh, in the kitzur dine about tell that a person really needs to make sure that the person himself, that the worker, actually agrees. Because if deep down in his heart he doesn't agree but since you're the big boss uh, and you're not paying on time so you know she, he leaves or she the worker leaves without getting paid but really deep down inside he needs the money he needs to make uh, ends meet so then uh, so then you should really be careful to actually pay the person on, on time when it comes to partial payment so the Chafetz Chaim says that the way the, the let's say this is very common on, on Friday afternoon you have the cleaning lady and you owe her uh, $200 $100 whatever it is but you only have a 50 right so what is the halacha do you, should you when I give her the 50 what, what happens am I mekayim mitzvah what happens to the other 50 
fifty that that I uh, that I uh, that I didn't give her that I still owe her. So here the the chavitz chaim is mechadish that for every pruta that you give, you're mekayim the mitzvah of biyomotitan tzchora, and for every pruta that you don't give, you're over the lav of lotalim pulasachir. Again, assuming that she's a, she's a Jewish cleaning lady, where the where the lav would apply. So so uh, so therefore says. Uh, Says the Chavetz Chaim that a person really should, like we said before, to really borrow money to be mekayim the mitzvah. But if you have, let's say you only have half, and there's no other way to get the to, to get the money available, so then you at least will be mekayim the mitzvah with uh, with the fifty percent. Or if she agrees to get paid at a later date, or there's nothing of value that you can pay her with, so then uh, so then you won't be over the the iser of lotalim kila sacher. The next uh, fascinating uh, question that we discussed is the is the question of a mikvah. So you show up to the mikvah, I never shabbos, you check the parts. Oh shoot, I forgot to bring any money. Are you allowed to jump in with uh, you? Usually they have these turning revolving doors. Are you allowed to jump in uh, with your friend to get in uh, to get in there? So lechora, this would be a classic case of lotal and pulasachir. Why? Because when you go to the mikvah, you're getting a service. You're using the water, you're using the shower. Uh, sometimes they have a towel that they throw in. So you're getting serviced by the mikvah itself. And Allah is that you need to pay on time. And if you don't pay on time, you're over and the rest of lotal and pulasachir. What makes a mikvah a little bit different than a regular worker is that usually a worker is one person, but here the mikvah is owned by an entity. But we already saw in last week's year from the pesach and the shvus yakov that lechora. The iser of lotal and pulasachir applies even to um, applies even to even to an, even to, to a corporation or even to something that's not owned by an individual. It would apply as well. So if a person goes in to the mikvah without paying, he's over in a sederaisa of uh, lotal and pulasachir. And on top of that, uh, the person who lets him in is also over the iser of uh, of lifneiver if he's if he's enabling him to go in. And there's no other way to actually uh, to actually um, to actually get in. Now we saw that one of the times when you're not over lotal and pula sachir is when you don't have money to pay. So here, maybe you can say, well, second, I don't have money to pay, I can go in. So no, that's not true, why? Because when we said that when you don't have money to pay, you're not over the iser, that's after the service was done, right? A cleaning lady comes, you thought you had money in your pocket. And the cleaning lady comes to your house and she cleans your house. And when you take it out, you're like, oh shoot, I gave my money to tzedakah when I was in shul in the morning, I totally forgot. So then you're not over lotal and pula sachir. But to hire a worker knowing that you don't have a way to pay him, that's asr. To go into a mikvah knowing that you have no way of paying the mikvah, that's going to be uh, in a sur deraisa. And the Chafetz Chaim says, he says, if you don't plan on playing, if you're like, yeah, okay, maybe I won't pay, maybe I won't pay, uh, so then you're over five yisurim. One of them is, is low sigzal. One of them is the is this or the rice of, uh, of stealing. And if a person does that, he becomes pasaladis. So if you have a guy who uh, his friend calls him up before uh, before his wedding and he says, listen, I want you to be an aide, and he's so excited, he says, let me go to the mikvah. And when he goes to the mikvah, uh, there's no one there. That he, he forgets his money and he jumps into the mikvah. He jumps into, he gets inside through a friend. That's, uh, that's coming in at the same time. So he went in kasher this and he got out of the mikvah uh, puzzle this if he wasn't if he wasn't planning on uh, on paying the on paying the mikvah. So that's a fascinating halacha. That's important. Again, if you know that the mikvah doesn't really care uh, and the owners say, okay, if you pay me on Sunday, it's okay also. Uh, so then so then taki would be uh, you'd be able to go in. But tzarachin, if really the mikvahs uh, do do allow that. Uh, the next case we discussed is a is a taxi driver, right? So taxi driver is a service. At the end of the service, when you pay him, you're mikayim the mitzvah of biyomatit and So we saw in the name of the chafetz chaim who says that. Since that, the, that his job is done when he reaches the final destination, you shouldn't pay him mid root. Because if you're paying him mid root, you're not making the mitzvah of Biyomotitan Sar. is only when he's done his job, then I'm obligated to, to pay him. Rishlombach argued on the Shemua, and he said, No. He said, Of course you can pay before. And he said, All the Torah is makibedan is that you don't 
delay his payment. But paying him early before he actually finishes the entire job, of course you're being Mekayim, uh, before you, you'll be Mekayim the, the mitzvah. So whenever you're doing a, a prepayment or, or a payment that's uh, once the job started, like for the school of your kids, the school bus, uh, entering a mikvah like we discussed, all of these things, according to Rosh Sturmach, right away when you pay, even in the beginning of the service, you're yoked to the mitzvah of Yom Atit and Tzchar, according to the Chavetz Chaim, it's best to wait uh, until the end. Next thing we discuss is whether you're yoked to uh, um, the mitzvah of Yom Atit and Tzchar when it comes to a, a check. So according to the Kitzar Dine Baltalin, he says that he's Mesubak, but Rosh Sturmach says that you're for sure yoked. Again, everyone agrees that with a check, you're, you're not over the Isser. You're not over the Isser, the rice of not paying your work on time because he agreed to be compensated with a check. The question is, am I Mekayim the Mitzvah of paying him on time assuming that he can't cash in his check right now or assuming that he can't, uh, all the banks are closed. So, so Rav Sturmach said, yeah, that the check itself has the din, has the status of money that he knows for sure he's going to collect on it and therefore it's going to be, uh, you, you are being Mekayim the Mitzvah. What about with a credit card? So a credit card is the classic case of, uh, of a merchant. What happens of, of I tell the, the worker to go to the money changer, to go to the makolet, to go, uh, to go pick up the, to, to go collect the funds. So, for, so why? Because when you have an electrician that comes to your house, you give him the credit card. So the bank is going to pay the electrician. Whether I default on my credit card bill or not, the, the, the electrician is getting his, his money. But I'm basically telling the electrician, go collect the money from the bank itself. So for sure, I'm not over the Issa de Raisa of Lotal and Pula Sacher because I sent him to a third party and he agreed. The question is, am I Mekayim the Mitzvah Biyom Matit and Shcharo? Shcharo, so I heard in the name of Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky that he felt that you are Mekayim the Mitzvah of Biyom Matit and Shcharo with a credit card. And he explains why. He says because once the, the, once the merchant, uh, once the worker swipes his credit card, he knows for sure he's getting the money. And since he knows for sure he's getting the money, it's as if, it's as if he already has it. Like a post-dated check, let's say, for example. So who knows what's going to be in the guy's bank account in, in a month from now, in two months from now, right? So in such a situation, by a post-dated check, everyone agrees you're not Yotze the Mitzvah of Biyomotit and Tzchar. But when it, comes to, when it comes to a credit card, right, whether the, the person, the purchaser, is actually going to default on his credit card bill or not, doesn't make a difference because the merchant is going to be made whole on his money. And therefore, uh, Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky uh, was Mechadish, that, uh, that you would be in the midst of even if you pay with, uh, with a credit card. What about with a bonus? Sometimes at the end of, of the year, uh, a company will give its, its, uh, its employees a bonus if they work well. So if it's a bonus that's really added and every year it, it fluctuates and it's not actually part of the salary itself, so the kids are Dini Baltal and says uh, that, that, uh, that a bonus is a gift. And there's no Baltalin on a gift if I promise to give you a gift. So again, I have to keep my word because I made a promise. But if I don't give you the gift by the end of the day or whatever it is, I'm not going to be over an Isser of Baltalim, therefore when it comes to a bonus, you're not Yotze, you're here, uh, uh, when it comes to a bonus, you're not Mechuyiv uh, to pay right away, uh, right away on time. What's, what about with regards to, to a katan? So the Chafetz Chaim, and Havis Chassid, he says that even a katan, there's a chiv of, uh, of, uh, of Baltalin. And, and Rechaim Kanyaski is Mechadish. He says that applies even to your children. Meaning even to your children who are under Bar Mitzvah, who make din whatever money they make, your kaina, and it goes back to you, you still have a din of Baltalin, to them. So if you tell your kids, the example that they gave is if, if you promise your kid and you say, listen, I'm gonna, if you clean your room, if you make your bed, I'll give you a candy. So if you don't give them a candy, you're over in Issa Daraisa of, of Baltalin and you're Mavatal the Mitzvah of If you never planned on giving him the candy, let's say it's eight o'clock in the morning and you say, hey, uh, clean up your room and I'll give you a candy. And then he cleans up his room and okay, it's time to go to the bus and you bring him to the bus. So, and you never were really planning to give him a, to give him a candy. You're over also the Issa Daraisa of, you're over of, of Gezel. 
right? You, you're, you never planned on playing for him, so you're over all five Yisuah Deraisa, and what would happen is, is that you would be postulated this as well. So just by promising something to your kid and not giving it to him, knowing that you were never planning on giving it to him, uh, that's gonna, that can make a person uh, uh, this because he's over all five Yisuah Deraisa, including, including low tixel. Sometimes when a person, in the, in the next case, is uh, with a contractor, a person is doing renovations, let's say on his bathroom, so he pays the, he pays the contractor 20,000 shekel, whatever it is, $5,000 to, to redo his, uh, his, uh, his bathroom. So what he'll do a lot of times uh, is he'll pay him 18,000 shekel, and then the last 2,000 shekel, he'll say, listen, let me move into the house. Let me see if the bathroom works, if the sinks work, if the shower head works. And if I see it after two weeks, everything works, I'll, I'll send you the other 200 shekel. So this is, a very, this is uh, problematic, because if you, he, his job is done, and the luck is that when his job is done, you need to pay, you need to make him whole for his, uh, for his, um, for his work that he's did. So if you don't pay him on time, you're going to be over the Isser of Lotan Pila Sacher. If you agreed in advance and you said, listen, this is part of the, of the stipulation that I get to withhold the last part of the payment to make sure that everything's okay and up to my standard, so that's going to be mutter. But if you just surprise him at that and be like, oh, by the way, I'm not paying you until I check it out, that's very problematic. Uh, the last thing we ended off with is with a piece of advice from the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim, he says, he says that a lot of times what happens is, is that you'll, uh, uh, you'll, you'll hire some worker and then at the end you'll hire an electrician and he'll tell you it cost X amount of money. You're like, what do you mean? 500 shekel to clean the light, to, to, to fix the light bulb, I should only pay you 200 shekel. Yeah, so, so you'll get into fight and then you'll settle on 300 shekel. Okay, so says the Chavetz Chaim, in such a situation, the worker feels that he's really owed 500 shekel because that's what he, he's really owed. So he feels that he's gypped for 200 shekel, meaning you didn't pay him for those extra 200 shekel. And you feel like he stole from you an extra 100 shekel. His job was worth 200 shekel, not 300 shekel. So he says, everyone leaves the party unhappy, right? Everyone leaves the situation unhappy. And it could be that you are over on, on an iser of lotal and pula safer. So therefore the Chafetz Chaim, he, he, uh, he recommends that whenever a person is hiring a worker to try as much as possible to make sure that the, that the price is clear beforehand. This is what I'm paying you for. If this happens, I'm going to pay you that. If that happens, I'm going to pay you this much. Uh, and when a person does that, it will cause, it will, it will save a lot of, uh, of heartache. So that was the sugya of Yom Tit and Schar, of paying your workers on time. The next thing we're going to discuss, Bisiyat Shemaya, is the halachos of, uh, of ribbis. Now this is going to take probably a few weeks to, to learn these uh, incredible, beautiful halachos like we said, it's, a, it's an ocean. It's an ocean of, uh, of Allah's and, and it's a lot more relevant than you think. And when you'll get to learn the Allah's and see the geschmackness of, uh, of these Allah's, you'll see how relevant it is. You, you know, you, you, you give your, your neighbor a half a bottle of milk and it gives you back a full bottle of milk. Is that ribbis or not? So we're going to hopefully swim in this beautiful ocean of, uh, of uh, there's beaches, or palm trees, it's, it's mamish amazing, of, uh, of ribbis. And Bezat Hashem will come out with, with very practical Allah's. We'll discuss, again, like we said, the Allah's that are most relevant uh, regardless of what, of what your job is. And then also you'll be more aware to, to the different halachos, uh, the, the different questions that, uh, that, uh, that arise. So, so the two things that we want to really discuss in this mini introduction is to understand the severity of lending and then just to get a broader understanding of the prohibition of ribbis. Is it like gesels? If I'm charging $20 interest, is that $20 ribbis or not? So we saw in a few places, three places in the Torah that the Torah is, is, is warned against taking ribbis and, and, uh, and the chinuch says that whenever the Torah repeats something a few times, it, it shows the, the severity of, uh, of the Isser itself. And we saw from the Gemara and Babatiyam from the Rambam that the Isser of Ribbis applies to the Lova, to the Malva, to the Edim, to the Witnesses, to the Guarantor, to the Arev, 
to, to even to the sofer who writes it, and even to anyone who facilitates and, and brokers the deal, he's going to be over in Isser of uh, of Lifnei Verlotitan uh, Michshel, and that's how the Shulchan Aruch himself pasukins Alachal Meisa, and he quotes the Gemara that if a person is mal veberibis, it's uh, it's his gula to become an ani. It's his gula that all of his money will uh, will be will be lost, and therefore says the Shulchan Aruch Tzarek Lizarmo. The person needs to be very careful when it comes to the halachos of uh, of ribis, not the chas v'shalom uh, transgressive. So how do we understand this iser of ribis when when you're collecting that extra when the person is collecting an extra twenty dollars of ribis? What is that? Is that gezler or not? So Reb Chatzkel Abramski, there, there's a few ways to understand the iser of ribis. We're we're gonna give just one approach, one mahalach of what the Isra of Ribis actually is. Um, but you should know there, there are others there, but this is just one way to understand it. So like that, it will be, uh, will be more, uh, more understandable than as we go through this again as well. So Rechatzka Abramski says like this, Bedar Klal, there, there, he says there are four halakim in Shulchan Aruch. All the monetary disputes of neighbors, of uh, being mazik one another, of uh, you know all, the, all these different uh, all these different halachos, they apply. They, they're all or the halachos that we just did of biyomatit and schar paying your work on time. All those halachos are listed in Choshen Mishpat. The halachos that are between you and Hashem, like the halachos of Shechita, the halachos of Basar Brachalav, Hilchos Nida, Hilchos Avilos, all these other halachos that apply, those, are, those apply in your idea. So if you were writing Hilchos Ribis and you had to decide where would Hilchos Ribis be, would it be in Choshen Mishpat, which is the money claims, or would it be in your idea, which are disputes between, or are, which are, which are dinim between the Yid and the Baruch where would you put them? So naturally, most people would say, let's put them in Choshen Mishpat, it's a monetary dispute. But where does the Shulchan Aruch put them? It appears in the, in in uh, in your day itself, so it comes to Rechatzka Labravskin. He says, obviously, the din of ribbis is not a din of. Of, of Geneva, it's not a din of stealing. And what's proof to this, by the way, that it's us to steal from a guy. But you are allowed to rent, uh, you're, you are allowed to lend, uh, to lend a guy with ribbis. Obviously, that it's not, it's not a din, it's not, it's not viewed like Geneva. Rather, what is it? It's a din, and this is based on the Ramban, who says that the din of lending your, your brother, your, your Jew, without interest, is to show the love and the achav and the reis and the unity in Am Yisrael, that just like if your brother comes up to you and says, hey, I need you know, X amount of money, can you please lend it to me? You'll for sure lend it to him, hopefully, without ribbis. So, so too, when your neighbor, or when your friend, or when your, your someone else asks you, could, could I please, uh, your, 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 uh, ask you, could I please borrow money? So you would, uh, you would lend it to him also without, without ribbis. So the, the nikuda of ribbis, the, the din of ribbis is really to mitzvah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's coming to us and telling us you need to love your brother. You need to love Am Yisrael and you're part of a big family and you need to take care of one another. One of the ways that you take care of one another is that you lend the money when they need it and you don't do it with, uh, you don't do it with, uh, with ribbis. And that's what Reb Chatzka Abramski said. He said that there's, there's a halacha that when a base din, if I have a monetary dispute with you and I lose, so I can tell the dayan, show me, prove to me, where, where does it say this in Shulchan Aruch that your psak is right? But when it comes to Isra Hatter, if I bring a chicken to the rub and the rub says it's treif, uh, so I don't, and I lost now 100 chakras because I paid 100 chakras for the chicken, the rub, and I, I, I don't have the right to say, to tell him, show me where it says this in the Shulchan Aruch. Learn it yourself. Figure it out yourself. So there was a case by, uh, by Rav Abramsky where, uh, where someone, uh, there was a borrower who took the lender to Beisden and he wanted to collect on the ribbis that he already paid him. And there's different types of ribbises that you're allowed to collect and there's some that you're not allowed to collect. And the Beisden said that, that, uh, that this is not the type of ribbis that you're allowed to get back. So he wanted. So he told the judges. He says, "Mechadantani, show me where it says in the Shulchanar." And Reb Chatzka said that the, the Beisden doesn't need to answer this question. Why? Because the din of ribbis is not a din of bin adam lechave. Uh, it's not a din of uh, of monetary disputes, but rather it's a din that Hakadosh Baruch Hu imposed on Am Yisrael that we should love and care for.
for for uh, for one another. So that's just a, a to have a fundamental understanding of how what ribis actually is. It's it's uh, it's a kaddish baruch Hu telling the Jewish people you need to love each other, you need to take care of each other, and you need to make sure that when you're lending money to one another, you're doing it without ribis. So now the big question becomes: Is why is it that I'm allowed to rent the bicycle, but I'm not allowed to quote unquote? rent money, right? I have a bicycle that's worth $100. I can rent that out. At the end of the day, I get my bicycle back and I get an extra $10 for the rent that I rented it the whole day. But when I have a $100 bill and I'm quote unquote renting it out, I'm not allowed to rent it out and, and, uh, and, and give, uh, I'm not allowed to rent it out for, for, and at the end of the day, get back the $100 plus, plus $10. So why when it comes to a rental uh, item, I'm not allowed to rent it out, but when it comes to money, I, I can't, uh, I'm not allowed to lend it out with, uh, with ribbons. So the Gemara actually asks this question. And the Gemara says that Rav Chama had uh, lent out money in such a way and he lost all of his, uh, he lost all of his money. And the Gemara asks, what is the difference between renting something out and between lending money with, with uh, ribbons? And the Gemara gives two, two distinctions. It says that when a person is renting out an object, so the item itself is returned to you. As opposed, to, as opposed to money where you're getting something else. That's one distinction. We'll elaborate on this in a second. And number two, when you're renting out for something, when you're renting out an object, so there's natural depreciation of the physical, of the physical item and I can charge for that depreciation. But with, with money, there's no physical depreciation in the money itself and therefore I'm not allowed to charge for that. So let's delve into this just a little bit more to, to get a better understanding. So when it comes to renting an object, so the object itself is returned to me, and therefore, the object never left my possession, right? It's viewed as it's always mine. So if, if I have, let's say, a bicycle, and, and uh, I, I, I give it to you, and I charge you rent. When you're riding the bicycle in the community, everyone's saying, hey, you're, you're using Alida's bicycle, right? Why, why, why uh, meaning, or you're renting his bicycle. Everyone knows that it's my bicycle. So I'm allowed to charge on something that, that clearly belongs to me, that belongs to, that, that belongs to, that stays in my possession, never left my possession. But when I give you $100 as a loan and you now go to the store and you're buying a supermarket thing and you take out the $100, no one's telling you that's Ali Da's $100. When they're looking at you, what are they looking at? That's your $100. You, you got it. It's yours. It becomes, you're the, you're the owner of it. So since when it comes to the bike, since it never left my possession, I'm allowed to charge for things that are always, that still in my possession. But something that left my possession, I can't, uh, I can't charge for it. That's one way of understanding this, this, uh, the, this first part of the Gemara. Another way to, to just elaborate on this idea is that, is that when it comes to a rental object, since it's always here, so I can always collect on it, right? If I tell you, give me my bike back, so you, you give it back right away. But when it comes to loan, if at the end of the period, I say, give me my $100 back, since a loan is meant to spend, so at the end of the, the month, it could be that you're not gonna, you're not gonna have the $100. And if you don't have the $100, you're gonna, you're gonna the, the ribis is gonna dig deeper into your, uh, into your, into your, uh, into the financial straits that this individual is in. So that's, a, that's the first distinction. And the second distinction is that when you're renting an object, so the object itself depreciates, the bicycle itself loses part of its value when it's being used, and therefore I'm allowed to charge on that depreciation. But when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to money, money, the, the dollar bill itself doesn't depreciate, meaning it could be in the market, it depreciates, right? The, but, but the inherent dollar value doesn't uh, doesn't uh, doesn't value doesn't depreciate. So that's the that's the halacha. So basically, what we saw in this mini introduction to Hilchos Ribis is that when it comes to Ribis, Ribis is a very severe biblical uh, isurim. You can be over up to six lavim midoraisa. It applies to the to the lova, to the malva, to the edim, to the ariv, to the sofer, to the lawyers. We'll see. It applies to basically it applies to to, to everyone. Um, and the way we understand 
the way we presented that ribis works is that ribis is, is like an iser v'hatra type of, uh, of an iser. It's a, it's a commandment from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to you that you shouldn't, um, it's a commandment from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to you that you should take care of your brothers and sisters and not lend to them with ribis. And we said that it's different than, than renting because when it comes to renting, the object never leaves my hand. It's, it's when it, you're, you have it, but it's still considered in my possession. And since it's considered in my possession, I can charge for it. But the money is meant to be used and meant to be spent. And therefore, I can't charge on something that doesn't belong to me. And also, on top of that, um, when renting an, an item, an object, a bicycle, so I'm charging for the depreciation. But with money, it itself, the dollar bill itself does not have uh, depreciation. Yashukach.